This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome to the Money Watch Show. It is Tuesday, August 29th, and Mark and I are on vacation, which I'm so excited for. And uh, Mark, I hope that you do not work during your vacation. What will you do uh, to make sure that you, do you check in? How do you, how do you manage your vacation mode? Oh, I'll definitely be working. There's there's kind of no getting around it. It's just the two of us. So it's not, uh, that's that's like the one drawback of this, this kind of arrangement that we have is it's like, you're never really truly off, but it's okay because you can kind of... Uh, Dictate your own schedule of when you do what. But can't you can't you uh, pre-load things or no? It actually requires you to be doing it. I, I really don't know. I mean, I don't know half the stuff that you do, man. Yeah, some stuff can be scheduled ahead of time, but some stuff like you know getting the the radio show to to CBS that has to be done on certain days of each week, and you know like the questions of the day that we do that has to be done on certain days of the week. So you know, but it's just little things here and there. It's not like a full eight hour day of work. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry that you have to do that. I do feel bad. I feel like you know everybody has to make this kind of deal with the current situation in terms of work, because there is something wonderful about it in that, like, how cool that we can 
take all this time off and, you know, you can do a little bit of work here and there, you can work remotely or that Mark has just uh, figured out that he hadn't been into a studio, I think since March of 2020. Is that right, Mark? Correct. And we had already figured out how to do remote. Yeah, we were doing it here and there, but, you know, it wasn't every single week. Yeah, we went full on, man. We went full on. But, you know, the so the downside is that, you know, it makes so many things possible and yet you are tethered in some respects. I think that as we navigate our vacation time, but even our work time and hybrid work, part of this is about creating boundaries, but it's also about setting expectations. You know, I've, I hate these people who are like, oh, I never want to have a, a vacation responder on. I think that's dopey. You should have a vacation. We should not live in a culture where you think you have to be available 24-7, 365 days a year. That's nuts. And nobody's that important. Like even doctors take time off and get coverage, you know? Although I have my doctor's cell phone number. It's fabulous. Do you have yours, Mark? Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, we've gotten friendly over the years. It's 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 funny you mentioned that because I was, you know, my um I've taken my Italian lessons and my teacher, she's like a young woman from, from Italy. And we were talking the other day about how, you know, how, how life is going here in New York. I mean, she likes it, but she just says that Americans just work way, way, way too much. We really do. We really do. It's funny. I was, I, um, I met this guy recently who just opened a restaurant. He's a very big time executive turned. He was in the food in the hospitality business and he opened up a small local restaurant. It's like, oh, it's a fun retirement thing. Ha, not so much fun. And he talked about like, you know, it's really tough because he says, I feel like, you know, people who are under the age of 30 have a very different expectation about what work is. I said, but maybe they actually have a good idea here. I don't think that people who are under 30 or 35 say, oh, I don't think I have to work. I think that they're smart, which is I don't want to feel owned by my my job or my career, that I need to actually breathe a little bit. I need to have some balance. I'm all in on that. I think I have learned like you can work really hard and it's great if you feel like you have some sense of control. If everything's out of your control, you're going to feel horrible. And so I really I, I want to implore you all as we are you know, going to be coming into the end of August, the end of summer that, you know, that you do put some boundaries up. And if you've got an unreasonable boss, then that sucks. And maybe you should go look for another job or you maybe need to go around that person and try to figure out a way to make it work better. But I think bosses, you have some unrealistic expectations sometimes that these people don't own the business. I remember once I complained to my father when I owned the company, Mark, I said, you know, oh, nobody realizes and when I have to carry around, my father's like, no kidding. That's why you're the boss. Stop complaining. It was like such a wake up call. I was like, oh, you're right, daddy. Thank you. A little wisdom from Albie. <laughs> he was like, not having it, not having it. All right. Uh, let's go talk to one of you. If you've got a financial question, don't forget, go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button. Let's talk to Dorothy in Texas. I tried to say Dorothy from Kansas. She wouldn't let me change it. So welcome, <laughs> Dorothy. How are you? Thank you so much. And thank you, uh, Marcus. Well, I'm doing, I'm doing well, doing well. Tell us what's going on. How can we help you out? Um, so I'm a little bit of a hot mess in that okay. I, uh, I lost my plus father, my stepdad, several months ago. And he was diagnosed and then with cancer and with, within six months, he passed. Oh. Oh, honey, um, I'm so sorry. Thank you. It yeah, it, it really sucked. And I was abroad at the time and so yeah, it, it was hard. But I've definitely learned the lesson. So I had an emergency fund, but <laughs> no one else did. 
And mm-hmm. so I had to, well, I, I chose to fund a lot of the funeral expenses and then I actually had more family members pass. And so I paid for more out of pocket because just emotional, emotional spending. Yeah. I wanted to ensure that family was together and we were there to support each other. And so I've made some other not so wise uh, financial decisions that were emotionally driven. And so I was just mm-hmm. calling to see if I can kind of get back on track or have assistance getting back on track. Okay, we can do that. This These things happen. Periods of time with high stress. These This is like very normal. So let's start with how old are you, Dorothy? I am 35. Dorothy, are you partnered, married, single? Uh, is complicated a category? <laughs> yeah. I mean, of course it's... Okay, let's do a first one. Are you, are you legally married to anyone? Thankfully, no, I'm not. Thankfully, no. Do you got that, Mark? Let's part, mark that down. So you're not married. You've got a boyfriend and uh, who knows what happens next. But do you live your lives financially um, apart from one another? Are you just on your own financially? Uh, we do live our financial lives separately. Okay, perfect. That's fine. And are you working, Dorothy? I am. I am a government employee and post-tax, I make about 95000 a year. Pre-tax with a bonus, it's about one hundred fifty. Okay. Are you contributing to a retirement account in addition to your pension benefit? Yes. So I work to max my TSP, Roth TSP, and then mm-hmm. a Roth IRA every year. Um, great. But I've only done it for like the last three-ish years. That's great. How much is in the TSP right now? Um, the TSP, I have about 130000 Great. And the Roth IRA? About 11500 Do you have some money in cash, just like a, a little buffer? Uh, emphasis on little. Um, I kind of spent down my cash and emergency fund, but it's about $4,500. Working to build that um, up to fifty for my emergency. Okay. But. No, no, don't worry. We'll take care of that. Dorothy, do you have debt that you have accumulated when you went through this kind of shaky emotional period? Yes. Um, unfortunately, I have about $16,000 of consumer debt, um, mm-hmm. and the interest rate is 13.89%. It's not even so bad, given the rates right now. Amazing. Uh, and is that it for debt? Or do you have um, any other loans, a car loan or anything floating around? I have mortgages. Oh, mortgages. Do we have two pieces of property? Three. Three. Let's start with one that is considered your primary or are they all rental? Okay. So I'll I'll start with the amount that I owe on one of them is 127000 Mm-hmm. Um, its interest rate is 5.374 and the estimated value for whatever stock one puts in that is 183,000 and my And who lives in that? Do you live in that? My biological father lives in that. So, but you hold the note, is he paying the cost of that? No, it's me. Okay. How old's your dad? He is 68. And is he working? Or retired? Um, he's sort of medically retired. He has um, quite a few health problems. And so okay. um, I was able to do the FHA parental family loan program thing. Yep. And so that's how we got him in there. Number two property. Number two uh, amount owed is 160000 
Interest rate mm-hmm. is 2.75. Mm-hmm. And estimated rental income is twenty two fifty, and estimated value is two hundred eighty six. I'm sorry, the income you said was twenty two fifty a month. Is that what you said? Yes. Okay. So this sounds like a winner. Who's living in this? Just some random renters. Okay. So this is a rando renter. Yes. This is, but this is the property that's working for you. Yes. Okay. So this one's. I'm putting a check mark next to that one. You said there's a third property. You're killing me, girl. I know. And I want another one. Um, no, keep going. <laughs> uh, the amount owed is 315000 Ooh, this is a biggie. Yes. Uh, interest- What's it worth? Uh, estimated value is three hundred fifty-five. I recently purchased it. Interest rate is 3.125. Not bad. And the property manager said that the estimated income is 2700 is it possible that you would want to live in any of these properties, by the way? No. What I plan to do when I return to the U.S. is, so I have a, a housing allowance. And so mm-hmm. I've been looking at like little huts to be able to bank my housing allowance for okay. a majority of it. So I, I plan on okay. renting for a while. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. So the two properties, number two and number three, when do you think the 2700 can get turned on? Like you said, should be. It sounds like that's a recent um, acquisition. Uh, I expect next month. Okay. These houses will start cash flowing positive. I mean, they're going to make five grand a month between the two of them. The cost can't be that much to maintain because these both have pretty minimal mortgages. So is it fair to say that at least for the time being, you're not doing with anything with these properties. Is that correct? Correct. If your father were to, God forbid, drop dead, would you sell that property immediately? No, it is an, it is an, an area that's booming. Um, mm-hmm. There was recently a, um, a big storm in that area. And so the housing market is on fire because there's not many properties available. And there's several uh, thousand people planning to or projected to move into the area. And so Mm -hmm. I know that it would make a good rental. So uh, ostensibly, you've got this debt that's out there, right? Mm -hmm. The three properties that are going to be cash, two properties are going to be cash flowing, you know, keep working for the government for how long in your estimation? I mean, are you the kind of person who's like, I'm going right till I can max out my pension and then I'm done? Or what do you think? If I could retire tomorrow, I would. Well, I would, okay, I won't say retire. Gonna... I'll say 
next endeavor, do a next endeavor. Fine. If I can. Okay. Yes. So when would you be able to get your pension where it's really worth sticking around? 50? Age 50? What? Um, About eight more years and then I will receive a pension. But every year I work longer, it, it would be higher. Give me an idea of like, do you have any numbers on the pension? Yeah. So my pension is about, well, if I retire uh, when I'm eligible mm-hmm. in about eight, eight years, it'll be mm-hmm. about 80000 a year. 80000 Wow. So what is your issue now besides the debt? We'll talk about that in a second. But right now, what's the most important thing for you? You want to be under, do you want to understand whether you're on track to, to get to a next endeavor? What is it? What do you think? So yes, on track, but also a couple of other maybe blunders I made. Um, okay. One was I co-signed for my uh, brother's mortgage. So I don't regret co-signing because yeah, he's awesome. And he's my brother, but I do regret not insisting that I was, uh, that I'm on the deed. So mm-hmm. I'm on hook for the loan, but not the house in case anything happens. That usually only happens with a deadbeat ex. I mean, we'll see how your brother reacts to that. <laughs> well, he wants another house, so I'm sure he won't, he won't stiff me on this one. Yeah. Well, he, he's not going to be getting it from you, but continue. <laughs> um, I also, um, so right before my, my plus dad passed, I paid for a family uh, vacation for Christmas and we were able to spend that time all together. And it was just really awesome. Uh, I was able to make it home and that somehow prompted me to purchase a timeshare, like a traveling timeshare. I knew better, but I was like, but it's for the family. So I have a timeshare that's paid off. Uh, all right. Timeshare. Uh, I'm putting, you know, how I, how I value that on a balance sheet? Zero. You didn't finance that, did you? Yes, but I paid it off. Oh, okay. It's fine. As long as I don't have to worry about it. So right now on your balance sheet, I have three properties, one timeshare, Roth thrift savings plan, Roth IRA, cash of 4500 and debt of 16000 and I mean, I know I have the debt of your brother, but I'm kind of leaving that off. I'm hopeful. How much is the co-signed of that loan? What is the loan? Mm, is it terrible that I don't remember? Hundreds of thousands or, you know, 800? No, probably like 200 something thousand. When you co-sign on a loan, of course, you're joint and severally liable. So it's not like you have half of that. You have the whole debt. You have to carry it on your balance sheet, right? Right. And you might come through the phone and choke me, but I have been in contact with a broker and he did say that as long as I can prove that my brother has been paying um, like hit the mortgage out of his own bank account, if I'm so inclined to get another property, then that won't count against me. Hard no, no flipping way. You cannot buy another home. This is just, that's insanity. If you want to add to your problems and these problems that you've created right now are actually doable. But if you're going to add to that, uh, I just think you are really asking for trouble. So that's not happening. There's no more housing in your future right now. Okay. Unless you sell something. So if you say, uh, okay, uh, but the, even the, it's so, it's so silly because like, unless you're buying something for your own use, then don't do it. You own two rental properties. You've got your father. You're going to end up with three. Three rental properties is plenty. Okay. Meanwhile, I got to make sure that you can pay off this debt and stop doing these knucklehead moves with your family. Yes, ma'am. Is there anything else in your 
financial life that we should be aware of? Um, I do have about $45,000 in a brokerage. Whoa, wait a minute. Where is that invested? Where? In Wealthfront. Are you look sitting on capital gains or losses in that account or both? Gains. A lot? Last time I looked, the net gain was maybe like 20-something percent. So here's what you're going to do. We're getting rid of this debt now, right now. You're selling 25 grand out of this brokerage account. You're going to make sure you understand what your what your tax liability is going to be. You're going to pay down that debt ASAP, and you're going to put the rest of the money and add it to your cash position. So I start from zero with the brokerage? I would sell 25 grand. You can leave 20 grand in there. You're going to have some money that you have to pay tax on it. Pay off your debt immediately, right? And add the rest of the money to your cash account. Perfect. So if we nip this in the bud, right? This is a this is a problem that has occurred because of a crisis, okay? And I understand that. And I understand we all do. You you, you so uh, remind me of somebody in my life that it is weird. I'm having this conversation with you because I've had this conversation before. If we nip this in the bud, then I think you're absolutely on track to do whatever you want. I'm not kidding. You could have made, you could have made uh, a lot more significant blunders. So I think that if number one, we blow out of the brokerage account, take that 25 grand, pay down the debt, add the rest to the cash. Now, going forward, you're already putting money into the Roth. What I would like is once you don't have the debt to service anymore, do you think that you can still squirrel away some extra money or not? Yes. I usually have about 1500 to 2000 extra a month. Okay. Well, you can take that 1500 or $2,000 and add it to your cash account for a bit. I mean, the logical thing is to pay off the debt. You can keep the rest of the money in the brokerage and then your new money, then you don't have to worry about gains and, you know, paying capital gains. And then when that two grand a month, add it to your cash account until you get to 50. If you just like, I want to be, I want more security. I want that money right now. I don't care if I have to pay capital gains, then sell the whole account out, get yourself back in your, you know, back in the saddle where, you know, you'll get to 50 pretty quickly and then you can start rebuilding the brokerage, but it doesn't really matter. It's like six, one half dozen, the other, if, if you're okay, I would just get rid of the debt immediately, keep the 20 grand in the brokerage, add to your cash account until you get to 50. And then as soon as you're at 50, turn around and start putting that 1500 or $2,000 a month into the brokerage account. Do not pay down any of these mortgages. No The way. renters are paying them. Right. Also, no one else in your family is getting money. It is time to put yourself first. And I want you to stay in touch with us. I want to report. I want a screenshot of when you tell your, uh, when you, when you sell that wealth front 25 grand and pay, I want to see a zero balance on that consumer debt. Yes, ma'am. We'll do. All right. I think you're going to have a lot of opportunities in the future. I really do. And I think you will be able to have a new or next endeavor because you have this amazing pension. And so you'll have a side hustle. You'll have the rental income. You'll have the pension. You do whatever you want. You've got to just stop yourself from making these emotional decisions around your family. You're very, you're a wonderful family member. Nothing will take that away. But what I can say is that this pattern just has to stop now, just has to stop. 
And I promise you when we get off the air, I'm going to tell you like one of the reasons I think that that's so important because I have a very specific story to tell you, which I cannot tell on the air, that will maybe resonate with you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Dorothy in Texas, go pay off that debt and stop helping your family so much. Yes, okay? ma'am. If you, like Dorothy, would like to join us, all you need to do is go to jillonmoney.com, click the Contact Us button, and check the box that says you would like to come on the air. We would love to have you. While you're there, sign up for the free weekly newsletter, check out the Great Money Reset, and don't forget to subscribe to our new service. It's not even so new anymore. Jill on Money Live. Next up, Nate Burleson, Wednesday, September 13th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. He's going to talk to us all about the upcoming NFL season. He's the greatest. He's a doll also, just an absolute doll. Mark Talercio is the co-host and executive producer, as well as the web king of the Jill on Money empire. We are distributed by Paramount Global. We drop our episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. Do me a favor. Do something nice for someone else today. Change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you on Thursday. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, early and ad-free on the 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts.